0: Welcome back to my lovely IHP community. We have some enlightenment time. And it's mixed with a little bit of channeled guidance for my 5D mystics. The energy is about as this lovely Mercury retrograde, I think, makes its way out. I need to see if there's any other astrological events, but the air is full of energy and full of choices, and full of beautiful, beautiful information, and as we begin, anybody who's new, my name's Maria, I bring together human, spiritual, and spirituality elements for people who want to pursue their infinite higher human consciousness potential experience, which means becoming a grown-up, for real, not pretend, which means moving into a restorative embodied self and an integrated mind, which is what our human bodies are naturally trying to bring every person to do in the first place. However, individuals who have had a very rough childhood will basically have what is either attachment wounds, which are important to be noticed about, meaning that they will tend to be reactive, so prone to their implicit memory taken over, like when somebody just, you know, you say no to them because of rejection, which has happened to me, and it's an unconscious thing that stems from, again, attachment wounds with the parental figures, they will burst out and have been taken over by their basically implicit memory because they haven't walked through it with loved ones, they haven't journaled about it, they haven't processed that charge statement. So, when you really do care about humanity, by the way, which most people that I've seen so far in the mental health community, the ones that are yelling at each other, only the good therapists are the ones who actually care. And when I say good therapists, I'm talking about the individuals who have continued doing research, expanding, they know about the polyvagal theory, they know about somatics, they know about sensory motor, so they're not stopping. With only the traditional and yesterday's information, where they want to continue boxing people up with only the cognitive approach. Even cognitive and behavioral therapists, the good ones, will know about the importance of the body, somatics. So they will integrate somatics, the verbiage, the knowledge of it, because they care about their patients, their clients' mental health for real. Now, the ones who are yelling, those are people who are carrying still their very own implicit memory from their own personal life trauma, which they haven't moved into an actual post-traumatic growth experience with. So they haven't processed their hurt. And they're yelling in modulated, embodied, in fact, selves. I'm doing my best to maintain a composure here because, see, it's very straightforward for a person who has secure attachment. And what I've seen is people with secure attachment Allow their charge states to rule them. Their two-year-old, five-year-old charge states, and I mean this because they didn't learn since they chose to disregard their own emotional temperament as they interacted with each other. And I'm serious again, because as a kid, I didn't need to be told more than once, uh, if you can't say something nice, say nothing. You know, there's a there's a buttload of examples I have in, when people say, oh, but you're different. No, I'm, I'm not different. I consciously, as, an, as a child, as an infant, I know I stood up for myself because my mother let me in on the little story. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> and when I say stand up, what I mean is I'm okay with being different, which I'm not different. I'm just a person who has my own opinions and emotions. And if my mother and sisters and other people in my love circle don't like it, oh, I'm not going to change. That's why I get called bossy or stubborn, and to this day, I am that. And I still am a person who has very, very much compassion. So I'm very aware of why when people have not grown out of their charge states, they can turn around and be like, oh, I'm sorry, Miss Perfect, or the ones that are really not aware of themselves. this This one's a bit not as fun. The please appeasers, as I've shared with you, they're the ones I actually least appreciate because see when you are a person who leads with your own secure attachment restorative embodied self integrated mind you're an enlightenment soul age you person your entire life is what i'm going to say and so you're consistently connected to this thing called consciousness is a field of energy but you are consciousness to your brain when you're contemplating it as a human being you have secondary consciousness So I've been a constant expanding consciousness, which is why I know people outside that aren't here want to say I've changed. No, I haven't changed. I've matured. In fact, I'm still trying to mature my Kali part when it comes to please appeasers, rocks that look like soldiers that I really would not want. I don't want to have anything to do with them. This is this right here. This is my karma, my dislikes. I don't like people who are grandiosity, they're educators, most of them, and male and female or non-gender, all the modulated bodies, I don't want to be in a room with them, I'll go and be in a room with the dysregulated ones and get them to maybe get to modulate it, at least they'll survive life with some energy in them but I won't deal with the ones who have decided to stay in that and think they're justice fighters because they're not fighting anyone except for each other and they're perpetuating an unsafe environment for those who might actually want to become their grown-up version so when I hear people who get insulted because they have different political views guess what I know that those people that are insulting are the child two-year-old five-year-old and they're creating an unsafe environment for another human being who if you address them with respect kindness openness in a different modality you would have one a conversation that might enlighten them might not but two you'd actually be in favor of mental health which again anyone who's telling me they are but they will talk ill of the narcissist sociopath psychopath they're not in favor of anything except for their side of the story which is good and dandy because everybody has a story, don't they? Especially the people who don't realize that they're living out their hero's journey. You're not a hero of yourself unless you're not living yourself. I mean, I ain't my own hero. I'm Maria, and I get to share my perspectives and stories because I created a platform where I could inspire human potential, the people who want to be in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, not all the the other people. They have their limited consciousness leaders. They can go to those people who tell them exactly how to live life. They give them the exact example of what they want to look like so they feel vicariously or whatever that word is, empowered through that. And they will keep on being a part of our lovely human species journey because as we move into evolution, what I realize more and more from this spot of infinite higher human consciousness potential as a 5D mystic and beyond... Like, okay, I actually did think that we might be able to achieve some form of, how can I break it down, uniformity. I'm going to break it down, but I realize more and more that that's not actually how it works. Because the uniformity only comes once we cease to actually be in a physical form. (laughs) And I'm now laughing because this is all philosophical. (laughs) But I'm thinking of that one video that my... 4D friend shared with me and how this person's like, oh, the six dimension people are using the three dimension people and 3D because we have identity. Well, no shit, Sherlock, did you think that you'd be expanding consciousness without an identity? The, the fact that there has to be a hero and a villain is the part that makes me laugh inside because it's all egoic in a way of a person not realizing that they're not. Actually empowered. If I need to spotlight the attention on there being a battle, this is immediate. You're not secure human being in a way of. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing today, because these are basics that I I was just a kid and I'm exploring things that now I'm a grown up and I got my lovely trauma experts, somatic experts, and all these other science people, the physicists, and I'm like, wow. They're all saying the same thing. Now, here's the part. Educators, there's two types. The ones who are enlightened and the ones who are not. The ones who are enlightened are the ones who are speaking with a verbiage that does not involve shame. So they're not shaming humanity. They're not blaming humanity. They're not shaming society. They're not blaming society. They're empowering people with information, which is very different. So they're not putting people against each other. The difference between a person who is in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group and one who is not is that the Enlightenment Soul Age Group is not going to shame humanity for ignorance. We all are ignorant of stuff. This is the whole point. Nobody knows everything. Very humble, very straightforward, which is why I'll take the pseudoscience bullshit self-help title because I'm fine with it. Because To inspire human potential from my end of the spectrum is to say, hey, guess what? I chose love easily. Now, I didn't have poor. I didn't have violence around me all the time. I didn't have extreme circumstances that I know some people do, which brings them to disorganized attachment or brings them to a non-secure attachment. And I've met all walks of life. So I know all of these, including secure attachment that justifies their charged state's behavior. They all sit in the same boat, the same boat. Do you know why? They all have what is called free will. And it's not because I'm assuming this. This is these people, These people have spoken to me in exact ways of revealing that their strategic mind chose, consciously chose to shame, blame, cause emotional distress to another human being, spite, envy, jealousy, manipulation, gaslighting. These human beings, it's a small, I don't need the whole sample because I'm learning from the trauma experts what is heartbreaking to me the 43 year old me who does not believe in a heaven or hell there is not such a thing there is a choice and there's an energetic exchange and it's the most amazing discovery of all and it isn't Shiva it's beyond all belief systems this is where it's pure simply put you do have a brain and that brain has an attachment system and then it has a brain stem your brain stem will be engulfed with whatever implicit memory stuff you didn't work through because apparently thank you trauma experts all of these emotions as you're growing up your brain there's a way the science people of the mind can explain to you all this i'm not the science brain people i give you the gist of it but the brain stem which is connected to your nervous system which is on your spine by the way or you know that's how they make it look and it has three modality of responses Stephen Porges is still adding up his other empirical data so that people can stop saying it's only a hypothesis. And So sympathetic is your hyperarousal state. And then you got parasympathetic, which can be dorsal vagal or your ventral vagal. Ventral vagal is your social engagement. And I know how much the 4D people love talking about the reptilians. Well, guess what? It's a hypothetical, not a truth. In the meantime, how about you learn that guess what? Your ego, when you feel threatened, you're going to do societal engagement. You're going to look outside for help. So back to your attachment system, which is in your limbic system, which is in the right side of your brain. So your limbic system is the amygdala is there and the hippocampus. The amygdala will be alerted when you find something of value. Oh, let me not forget our evolutionary scientists and how well they explained to me from one of my trauma expert classes, why we don't like we. I, I'm not included because I'm okay with emotions, but apparently humanity, they don't like the big S. I mean, I, I laughed when they called it the big S. I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. like And I tried not to laugh because I recognize I have my people in my ear saying, oh, you don't know suffering. You must be emotionless. It's like, no, I'm not emotionless, but no, I don't know suffering. So I get it. I don't know what it's like to feel that I'm going to die because my heart was broken or because I'm feeling an emotion. And here's where all of these things, again, I don't get it because I have a restorative embodied self-life experience. I'm so sorry that I'm an actual normal human being because, see, this is our nature, FYI your body's trying to get you back to your nature fyi i am not special none of us are special that in, are in, in integrated minds or restorative embodied selves we're actually the optimal version of a human being oh by the way evolution let me get back to it so yes apparently we didn't always have this mammalian heritage from what i'm gathering again i take courses with the polyvagal theory doctor i have still three more to go so it's the gist of it And I need to revisit it because I have all the different pieces of information that are amazing. But this social engagement system, which is the ventral vagus nerve, is part of our parasympathetic. And you can engage in it or you don't. The dorsal vagal is instead when you're flatlined, no energy. And here's where a person who has had a level of trauma that they did not resolve will actually move between hyper so sympathetic fight flight and then hypo which is the dorsal vagal though it's not a rest and ease with energy it's a I have no energy which is the chemistry of depression there's an actual chemistry of dissociation and this is where when you learn about the collapse submit which is one of the safety behaviors in addition to fight flight freeze spawn freeze pause flop drop and you have attached cry, collapse, submit, please appease. The collapse submit is actually where the endorphins, diorphins come in because the you can't leave your household when you're an infant. And I'm going to venture off and state something that I've gotten the gist of again: is that people who have had traumatic life experiences in their household, neglect or abuse is involved, households where screaming's involved, households where your parents or parent doesn't know how to engage with you with a social engagement system because we're nervous systems that communicate. An absence of love, which means an absence of the parents being in their ventral vagus nerve tone. This is very specific. I'm saying a person who will be soft and easy and hug you and not be stressed in their body. And I am very serious when I say this because they keep explaining what an ideal attachment style would be like it's called authoritative which involves a parent and or parents who can read their child's emotional state without putting their own ideas in there and also tending to them with the skin and embracing which would mean you need comfortableness with your body which if you've had your own abuse and trauma and you're not and you're stiff like a rock guess what you ain't gonna be loving and giving this soft body to your kid you're gonna give them a rock and, and that rock, I've, I've been around people who have this rock-type body. It's the avoidant. There's complete absence of their emotional spectrum because they're a disconnected self because they had to turn off their body in order to... The, the emotions, the empathy, it's, it's, it's the, the head is ruling only with the left. The right doesn't get access because it actually um creates overwhelm the ambivalent just freaks out everywhere whether it's in excitement or in despair excitement is way better but it still is overwhelming when you're around a a one that is in that space and that's detached cry but better excited than not because at least it's an excited infant that you're getting to be around but that's where that nervous system is is all agitated and and I've learned, like my body right now, I'm still learning how to get from this type of hyperarousal with excitement, you know, it completely destabilizes me. But it's all in a way of, oh, how, how excited I get charged up before I have certain things that I get to do, and it destabilizes my, my physiology. But thanks to my panic attacks, I'm pretty much good with navigating my nervous system and learning all this stuff also helps, of course. Now, back to the people who don't have a secure attachment, disorganized. This one's even more intricate because they won't have the rock. Mm, They will move between knowing how to read the bodies in front of them. This is where please appeasers come into the mix, but they're still going to have collapse submit traits because in fact, please appease is a combination of attach, cry, and collapse, submit. These are the people who use their brain in a way of being able to know. They think they know everything because they're intuitives. They're intuitives, every human can be, because the Oats, others in the self, is on for every one of us in our default mode network. And it's on, though, for the people who did not receive contingent communication, so the people who don't have secure attachment as their foundation with their main parent, okay, and their main household environment, so they have dysregulated or modulated embodied experiences, they're not integrated, their mind basically is a non-integrated mind, which means they have not a developed corpus callosum, they have not a developed hippocampus, meaning it's they're underdeveloped, the corpus callosum connects left and right mode, left and right brain to each other and helps the communication, so the corpus callosum is Actually, in uh, it's compromised in its growth when there's unresolved trauma. The hippocampus is compromised in its growth when there's unresolved trauma, because the trauma wants to get restored into normal memory. Normal memory has timestamps, but when you have trauma, which is too much, too quick, too soon, it stays fragmented, and it stays in its original charge. We have one to three year old attached panicky three to seven-year-old, shame submissive, freeze of all ages, flight 11-12, fight 14-15-16. These are all present if a person's aware of themselves because they want to become maybe their grown-up, they will immediately identify these areas. And usually you'll find that the two to five-year-old is the one that consistently presents itself because that's where when you are beneath that age of three, you're, you're all it's all implicit. It's all going to be in a charge state. I mean, you were an infant. This is what gets me when I'm learning from educators is they want to blame society because they're used to using this shame, blame, fault language uh, because they're not looking at our species as a species that's evolving with their own data. But this is where and, and why we have different people, different perspectives. So here's where I, loving human beings and knowing about infinite higher human consciousness my entire life, and even beginning to write that inner growth mindset book with existentialism, psychology, sociology. Now it's expanded to even more. And with all of this knowledge, and thank you, Bezel Kolk, you are my. Mwah, I love him. I love him. I hope I can meet him and shake his hand because he's the one who gave me the key. All I needed to hear was when he said social engagement, that's what the ego looks for when it feels insecure. I'm like, ah, that's why people can't be themselves. Now I got it and I was like opened up even more than I've ever been opened up before by any one of my lovely oversoul relationships, which brings me to the whole twin flame saga that people keep on wanting to perpetuate. If you are interested in being a 5D mystic, or an Enlightenment soul aged person, or just a regular fucking human being who can engage in what are called grown-up relationships, seriously. I mean, to me, it's pretty much a realization that most human beings are not the adult version of themselves, and it's not about man or woman, but if you ask me, as a woman who is interested in men, the whole polyamorous thing is really great and ideal for a person who un she loves forever, one, because that's exactly how we've been our entire life. But two, the reality is I've yet to meet a secure attachment male that actually has the guts to be themselves and to speak their truth and not to hide away behind vulnerability. And again, I want to have compassion because I got it. I got that apparently this is the part that really triggered a lot more of let me share a little bit more about how easy it is to choose love. It's when I was revealed by people who do have secure attachment, how easily, consciously speaking, they chose and choose to manipulate emotionally people, not in bad ways, even though there's, I mean, to me, the whole bad or good, this is why it doesn't exist, because people justify their implicit memory reactions. Oh, wow, I knew that as a 16-year-old, because when I would speak to people about ego, no, no, you're wrong, I'm not doing this. I'm like, what are you talking about? You are doing this right now. No, no, no. You must be wrong. I'm sorry, Miss Perfect. Like I got all this lip (laughs) and all I needed to realize, which I realize now, thank you, trauma experts, is that I've been dealing with two and five-year-olds my entire life, which you know what? I didn't want kids for a reason and I still don't want them. So guess what? I definitely ain't going to handle people's attachment or their little stuff. And I never have my friendships. I don't build friendships. Let me let me make you dependent on me. No, no, you are your own person. I'm my own person. Get your own shit together and then come to me and have a good time. The matter of fact is that people don't know that they can be happy all the time because they don't believe in it. I'm so sorry that people don't believe they can maintain a level of happiness for them, not for me. When people consistently say, Oh, you're from another planet, my 40 friends. No, I'm not. I may know that I have other multidimensional selves in my past lives and future lives. This is all great and dead. I love my Claire's. I love them to my fucking death. But I'm a human being in 2023 and I've done nothing special except for choose to be loving because I could. And so when I heard secure attachment people justifying that was the little, you know, there's a drop that gets the vase, this is an Italian expression, fall down and break and shatter, because I was actually, my entire life, just trying to be kind to people who I've realized have no idea that they're so emotionally vulnerable that they choose to just call life and humanity pieces of shit and sucking. Now, Back to the educators. This is different. The educators are in a habit because entire humanity is in this habit of using this shame, blame, fault language. (laughs) I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I hear the educators using this language. I'm like, wait a minute. You just explained to me a dynamic. Why are you using this shame, blame, fault language? Humanity doesn't suck. They didn't do it on purpose. Society and structure has nothing to do with the free will choice of a human being Who will analyze because their rumination, guess what it gets them to do? Oh, they're sitting in their little mental prison and they're excogitating the worst kind of ideas and they're blaming some entity called the devil or demon or whatever, or maybe not. They're just saying, I'm a piece of shit, monster, human being. Another little sob story that doesn't make me cry. No, no, it doesn't make me cry because they actually have a way out of it. And it's called, wait a minute, I'm contemplating something. And I've been contemplating it in this way. This is the narrative. So that people may not have had this knowledge prior. Now we do, which is why I'm making sure everybody will know how easy it is for you to access your little rumination brain. Again, the ones who have an extra layer of trauma totally get it. And the ones who come from an unsafe environment, I totally get why they would want to just punch me in the face. I will take it because I get it. I did not live in an environment that was unsafe. I did not live in a poor situation. I understand these circumstances. I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying they're not something that we need to blame because when you look at how our species evolved, there's an actual explanation to why. It's back to the biology or the physiology of our brain. The brainstem is connected to your nervous system. The safety behaviors of our nervous system. So we have sympathetic, parasympathetic, number one. Your default mode network and every person has this OATS, this Others and the Self. So you're scouting territory to make sure, am I safe or not? People who have secure attachment should, in essence, be people that will notice that their environment is safe so they have a secure self. And that means they can express their desires and wants and blah, blah, blah. And here's where they don't grow more empowered just because they have secure attachment. No, we have drives that that establishes temperament. So the three drives are agency, belonging, or if it's not belonging, it's another word. But I keep on remembering it with belonging because this is where people only feel they have meaning if they belong to someone. If they basically, oh, I make you happy, I save you, now I have purpose in my life. So that gives them purpose in their body. They feel purpose. Because someone else needs them forever and ever and ever. Which, by the way, no one can be there forever and ever and ever. And I'm very happy for those people who end up devoting themselves to each other. It's a very limited life for an enlightenment soul age person. But those people, apparently, they are happy, happy, happy. You know, the part that gets me, though, is they actually don't know how to maintain the passion. This is one of those things. I've seen these couples... And then I see their energy levels together. And I see that they haven't grown to know how to stay in the essence of life like consistently. And I still hear people saying it's not possible. Oh, it's very possible to be in a flow state consistently. Because this is where it comes from, the way you're using your mind. (laughs) Your mindset is everything that will ever lead you to your own freedom. And the only reason people think that you need to sit in silence is because the yoga people don't know how to explain to you what the yoga practices meditation and mindfulness actually are doing let me give you the breakdown you're learning how to pause the little rumination which is the the spirally thoughts that you do all by yourself i remember being a teenager and how they talked shit oh yeah yeah and then they moved more and more into it do you know what neuroplasticity is do you know that you can rewire brain? I'm sure when people are talking about their brain as machines, they do. But what they don't know is that when you're consistently thinking the same narrative and you're doing the same play out. So here's where the hero's journey. You're, you're disregarding the fact that you're in some story of your own and you're just spiraling it in over and over and over again without acknowledging your own emotional insecurities, which is very easy, by the way, because the minute I'm going to start shaming, blaming, faulting, or doing anything with another in In the other room is the minute that I'm a child. It's the minute that I'm whining and I'm being very much emotionally vulnerable, which is okay, I'm saying is a very straight down forward thing to be aware of. Now, we can blame movies, we can blame the lack of examples, I'm going to say no, I'm not going to blame anyone because I'm going to choose to say you have your own personal self-responsibility. I can understand that it's challenging for some, yes. And guess what? As I was saying before, what I realized is that all people are consciously aware when they're contemplating. Now, the people that don't have as much control, the one group that so far I know doesn't, because of the way their brainstem and this implicit stuff comes up, the psychopaths, with gray rage, when I watched the lady who I was interviewed, and, and so she explains that, and I can better bet you that I understand that wiring, because it comes from an infant that was not in a, you know, well, one, the psychopaths, there's an actual genetic marker, so there's a, a way the structure is, so the way the brain fires, or something along those lines, and and here's where it's the amygdala is cut off or isn't functioning and then their parietal cortex the side cortex which is where we're aware of our society judging us so those two areas of the brain are not engaged they're not online which is why when they go into gray rage it's the rumination like of any other person but the difference is that it's like a blackout and they literally if not in a good in, in a closed environment like this lady was saying because she describes a situation she went through and she was like it was a good thing i couldn't get out of my house because i was playing out this scene and i i was actually completely out out of sorts and she mentioned how she remembered talking to another fellow psychopath about this and uh, they both basically shared a way of this is uncontrollable in time a person who's working with a good therapist I'm going to say from what I've gathered because you become mindful because you practice your brain muscles and I know it sounds silly but here's where again that corpus callosum so the left and right mode the right mode is where your implicit memory stuff is the brain stem and so if you want to look at the brain I'm going to use Daniel Siegel's hand model I've been learning about the brain through interpersonal neurobiology this course I'm going to finish it hopefully soon so I can Slap that certificate there so people know it's an educational one. I don't want to be a therapist. I love being a podcast host and educator through the content that we create and books and things that are to come. Not the therapy seat because, you know, mentorship, yes. But I like to work with good therapists, that's for sure. And to spread the word, and NICABM. Daniel Siegel with his Mindsight Institute, great courses, so interpersonal neurobiology. If you want to learn about disorganized attachment, that is on my next to-do at some point. Attachment, the lifespan of attachment, everything about the integrated mind. He's your guy. He's amazing. So, and he's a doctor. He's specialized in the field, FYI, not, not a mixture. He's from the field of attachment researchers and then he moved into this institute that he created bringing together different disciplines and allowing people who do want to help with mental health to learn about the mind and it is in a way that not everybody approves of because as you know the whole empirical data and yada 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 so back to brainstem brainstem connected to spine so get your fist your hand okay now your thumb put it beneath um and to put it beneath crossing your hand to the end the near near the pinky then fold your four fingers on top of it and lock it in like a fist and what you want to acknowledge is your arm is that lovely nervous system so safety behaviors from our nervous system if you will are attach cry collapse submit please appease these are new they're also called uh other things i forget what they are but there's different names for them our basic are fight, flight, and freeze. This basic was found, I think, in like 1950s and then 1970s. The freeze is the secondary that they found, and they kept doing research. So what we also know is there's a cry, which is a panicky type energy. I have felt it. So this is where there's never enough of a feeling of safety, and so there's not an awareness of how to self-regulate You'll find this in the preoccupied attachment, which is the ambivalent attachment, but you'll also find it in potentially just the form of attached cry. Collapse submit is where these diorphins, endorphins are released and there's this out of body experience, which really just means a person dissociates. So there's, I've, I've seen it. They're there, but they're not there. They're like a little balloon around these people. They're looking at you, but their brain's offline even though they're hearing you. It's not their brain as much as it's their body, and it's because the body doesn't know how to regulate in ventral vagal, in the social engagement system. It only learned how to be in fight-flight, which is hyperarousal, and then needing to calm down because your battery is going to fry yourself. It goes to shut down. This is the safety behavior because that's the infant you. It doesn't have a brain to think things through. Your nervous system and a brain first. Your biology is this. And that's where people don't care to learn because these topics are boring to them. And when they're explained, the people who want to move into a vibration of life energy will hear with interest what I have to share, which is why I share with my HP community. And that's because if a person's a 5D mystic, they will want to become a 5D person versus listen to the 4D crap that's out there. And I'm sorry, but it's crap because it only stops at these stories and they don't move beyond it. That's why I was laughing at the whole lady who's talking about sixth dimension and third dimension. She's highlighting the beauty of being an individual, but she's highlighting it in a way of making it a competition between 3D land and 6D land. And and that's the next spot for the 4D spectrum and other soul age groups because instead of just realizing that consciousness is you choosing to expand from your thinking brain, they have to live out a story. I'm a 3D person, so I'm going to justify my shitty biological rude behavior. Basically, that's what it is. Because 6D means nothingness, which is going to mean that we're all one big ball of energy, and what fun is that? And, And this is where you don't actually have to talk about it that way. Because a 6D thing is really just, here's what 6D is. It's, it's knowing that the last star will go out and our universe will die in a dark, dark, darkness. Thank you how the universe works, my lovely astrophysicist. It's not even Sadhguru, no. In fact, Sadhguru, the reason, if it's true that it will be his last lifetime, as he stated, it's because religion and spirituality are not going to be things that you believe in the same way our ancestors did. Because science and technology explains how the body and mind works and is actually also looking into the field of consciousness, which I have a relationship with, and it's just energy it's not a just energy, oh my God, so boring. No, it's amazing. It's amazing when I am doing an Akashic record reading, when I get channeled guidance for my oversold pieces, the ones who are curious. I mean, like I've had a recent Akashic record reading that I shared and I'm still getting downloads for it. I might share some more with the person we need to gather together as friends and, and discuss, but I... I'm so enamored when those messages come through because it means that the channel is open. It also means that the person's expanding. The people who expand in a positive way for themselves move into the higher toroidal field. The people who expand but don't move into the higher toroidal field, they're going to stay in a denser energetic spectrum. They want to justify what are two to five-year-old behaviors in adults and I'm talking about emotional behaviors. I have no preference. If you want to let your implicit memory rule you, you're not going to be a danger to anyone. We see people yelling at each other every day. And this is where I actually did think that people could all move into 5D. I'm realizing no, they're not. And the part about people justifying their behavior, Daniel Siegel made it clear. I've seen it. And people don't believe in the somatic, sensory, motor, or trauma experts. So when I share information, the ones who want to justify their temperament, they're like, no, no. Or they'll roll their eyes. There's a reaction. Immediately I can see it. So here's why we don't have a fear of, oh, I need to not meddle with states of consciousness because I'm going to get cursed or I'm going to do something bad for Akashic. No, no, (laughs) that's not how we relate to energy. There is none of this uh, hierarchical shit for the 60 person and beyond. This is the part. It's all energy. It's basic common sense. And you know what common sense is? Common sense is if you choose to be an asshole, you're choosing it. If you're not a physical threat, I don't need to react like you are to me. This is what it means to be an actual grown-up. And what we also know is we're not going to spell this out to people who are in their pissiness. Why? Because they're in their teenage, charge state, and they're going to justify and then they're just going to start yelling at us for no other reason except for they don't know how to handle their own emotions. We don't want to waste our time with that. We really don't. It's a waste of energy, time, breath, all of it. It's not even interesting. Intellectually speaking, it's not interesting. Emotionally speaking, it's really a bummer. So we'll go hang out with the dysregulated people who basically don't move into having a life, but hey, at least they know how to have a good time every now and then. Because they're so not well throughout the day that when they're around other life, they're going to be like, oh, yay, I have life around me. How beautiful. They're, They're all happy. Because they have some freaking energy around them that gives them a boost of morale. Neither are my ideal, believe me. But hey, they get to choose, consciously speaking, how to say how much life sucks and just sit there and wallow in their sorrows and ruminate. So I'll have compassion for the psychopath, for the sociopath that's on a journey and even the ones who are not, but I'll have compassion knowing that they, physically speaking, there's a structure and or a function and there's combinations of why it's a challenge for them to maintain a steady regulated nervous system. Okay. This is very serious. So there's compassion because of understanding. The hand model. So when you have this fist locked and loaded, you're in a conscious space. No implicit memory. You're not in danger. You're cool. Okay. And so the four fingers are your prefrontal cortex. When they're locked and loaded and they're connected to what the thumb is, the amygdala, from what are the limbic system, excuse me, which holds the amygdala and the hippocampus. Okay, so when everything is closed, the prefrontal cortex is communicating with your brainstem as well. So there's a way that they'll communicate because the skin that touches actually has an importance, okay? Because when you're in a C, this is where you're in alert, alert, alert. Now, this I got from Tara Brock, and that's where, <clears throat> what is, uh, Tara Brock is really great with mindfulness. Uh, Daniel Siegel is great with um, mind sight. And they both help people who want to grow up to move into their integrated brain. And I'm a firm believer, again, that anyone who puts their mind to it can get to this space and move out of attachment categories, for example. They're not fixed. They're, they're static. You can move into secure attachment. Consciously speaking, you can choose to work with your temperament. So if you want to, you start to work with that anger that arises by working with the people that are around you who unconditionally love you, of course and the Enlightenment Soul Age Group are all about that. So here's where when you have unresolved trauma that you have not worked through, you've not created a secure attachment experience with that trauma, and it stays in implicit memory form. So those charge states until a person works through them, they're not going to be in the adult version of themselves which is why you're not your actual self your self the true self the way the somatics and trauma experts explain it of your infant you is that you're born with a expectance of ex- your expectant expectancy something like that to attach to attach securely so you're you're expecting to be seen to be soothed and to be safe And to be in a secure spot. If these things take place. So I'm crying because I'm hungry. You feed me. Great. I'm crying because I'm hungry. You put a blanket on me. No. I have not been seen. Okay. So I have less than 15 minutes left. So moving forward from this entire description. People consciously choose to manipulate each other emotionally in the best version of humanity. Because they're afraid of speaking truth period. And so it's all emotional vulnerability. Thank you, evolutionary scientists, for letting me in on additional secrets of why the big S is a huge deal for people. When we were with lions, bears, and tigers, uh aha, we would die if we would cry somewhere. So that's the basics. And while other people want to keep saying how hard it is, or how society does this, and society does that, and the structure does this, and the structure does that, I've seen people who come from very, very shitty circumstances, choose to be a type of person who doesn't manipulate, even though they can. So, this is what gives me the knowledge that a person can do this. You can choose not to manipulate because you know it's wrong to do. Furthermore, you can choose not to manipulate because you would recognize if you're in any way, shape, or form smart that you have a self-defense mechanism engaged, which means you're not empowered. If you're manipulating in any way, shape, or form or have the desire to, it means you are an emotionally insecure human being from your body and your brain. And this is not me trying to be offensive. I am being real talk here because a secure attachment person... And a person who has a sense of self-worth in any way, shape, or form that is optimally here, in no way, shape, or form would you, in your heart, as a person who's thinking with a clear mind, you need a clear mind to be able and do this, or you need to be aware of, of that charge state, and some people can be. I'm being spiteful. I was told by people, ambivalent attachment, avoidant, disorganized, and secure with their mouth, how their brain works as they're choosing to strategically do something that is hurtful emotionally to another human being because of their own misery, because of their own fear. This is where, I mean, that's not anywhere near clarity of mind or smart, I don't know, but what it is is a free will choice to actually pursue what your brain is thinking versus in that moment, but here's where compassion, because they don't have it, they just enter the little loop of inner critic, outer critic, they pass that hot potato, shame, blame, fault, revenge keeps people in their own unresolved trauma. But it's a conscious choice of saying, oh, I'm going to justify that I feel this way and I'm going to justify that I want to do this thing because guess what? I'm going to say that the devil is this or the humans are this or life is this and I'm going to justify it because I saw it on some movie. Or no, you know what? Because I got my heart broken because they lied to me. Okay, so a person who doesn't have secure attachment is a little bit different. They have been in toxic environments where they did not learn how to behave correctly, if you will, meaning societally. And so they have reason to be upset and more than just upset. Their brain, until it meets other, will not be able to note the difference between what true love is versus what unfortunate situations of continuous intergenerational unresolved trauma is. Blaming society to me, is a bullshit way of doing things, which again, the educators, they're not meaning to blame it. It's the language they use. So that's where I'm adding a, hey, here's a side note. (laughs) Don't blame humanity for ignorance because we will have been ignorant. We are ignorant to this day. Tomorrow, we're going to find out something new. This is part of what is called expansion of consciousness. And our human evolution. So society always will have potentially uh, loopholes. We try to do the best we can. It's by sharing, speaking, coming together, not by yelling. And this might not necessarily ever change um, because of those other soul age groups, the relationship, the soul age group of society as well when you look at what they learn these are all pieces of consciousness that continue to expand in another way so i'm coming to you with the enlightenment soul age perspective which is okay we don't blame society for your free will choice we'll dissect and understand all of it but you're still the one who's choosing consciously speaking to perform an act that is not kind You chose this from your heart and it's not about God or the devil. No, you put that all to the side. You consciously, with your mind, made a choice and you make choices. How do you not take ownership of this? Because you choose to be unreasonable even in the moment of trying to clear your conscience, which is another bullshit excuse to stay in a sorry-ass, shitty position and continue to perpetuate a story that isn't true. So mindfulness, meditation... Uh, Mindsight, being able to access your brain means you being able to recognize your emotional states and your mental states. It's very easy. It's called being a grown-up with yourself and humanity. It's called not making excuses if you've done something that you know was heartbreaking. If you did it, you apologize. You have conversations. You don't do it again. You don't do it again. I'll never forget in my world religions class, my teacher, wonderful teacher, and we had all these kids I forget, what was it, 23, 22, it was New Jersey, and he presents to us, we're learning about Christianity, and he presents to us the story, you got a thief, and you got a murderer, and you only need two things, technically, to be a Christian, which would be to repent for your sins, truly repent, and then to believe in Jesus as son of God, in this case, and God is this Entity of life. is not a figure that's going to punish you. It's consciousness. It's love. But let's put that to the side and stick to, you know, whatever, the scripture. And so he is saying with Christianity, you need to believe that Jesus, which, uh, hello, we're all children of <laughs> the same energy, but uh, he is the child of, of God and, and you truly repent for your sins. And so both we got the murderer and the thief uh, and the murderer truly repents i forget exactly how he goes about it but he asks the class who goes to heaven because they both basically ask for forgiveness but the one who truly repents so the one who does not do it again is the murderer not the thief which by the way the whole repenting thing is another quote-unquote bullshit area but it's a first step to trying to move into you know again i won't do it again you're you're you're, you're moving out of that shame cycle which is an unworthiness cycle, because this is where the self, as long as in your body you don't feel worthy to be yourself, you've not achieved your love cycle yet. You've not achieved the restorative embodied self experience yet. Because that's the day when you do receive the restorative embodied self. You're like, okay, it's okay to be the imperfect me. It's okay. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't. And, and even here, you're not your greatest mistake. You can You can move into a version of yourself if you get up and be proactive again and again and again and again and this is the choice that people don't make and this is with loving each other okay i'm talking about humanity treating each other this is all i talk about personal development and people treating each other with compassion and uncontrolled love that's the enlightenment soul age group that's the 5DC in the enlightenment soul age group light worker and that's actually what it even means to just be 5D anyone who's still not here is not here and it's not a race they can choose what they want with their brains so the whole class except for me and another maybe two people knew the answer was the murder is going to heaven not the thief because the thief is still doing the same stuff but everybody raised their hand because the thief is a lesser crime this is where this is so short-sighted and they and and just so many other things that to me are basically an indication of what I consider stupidity but That's where it's not stupidity from a level of data. It's the people are not actually in an integrated mind. They're not aware of their own bias, which was taught to them basically by a stature of, oh, thief is criminal number one or number two in this category. To me, I actually feel that that should be obvious. How do you not understand what the teacher said, truly repent. How do you not know what those words mean? Because it, it was very clear to me. <laughs> and I was a kid when I learned about it. So again, the people, they make up excuses. This is actually something Daniel Siegel says to justify the implicit memory, the brainstem as we close out. So when you have safety behaviors that you have not worked through, you have implicit memory you have not worked through, you have emotional charge states you have not worked through, they take over. That's why emotions are not stupid. If you don't tend to your emotions, you're ruled by them. And the part about what a person can scan, so the please appeasers, they can only put up a facade for so long because sooner or later their true opinions come out, which is great because we get to know who they are and how they truly are versus this facade that is really there because they didn't have a secure attachment environment. They're having to meet the authoritarian expectations of their household, which they disregard the fact that they had that too. There's a lot of ways people can learn how to be the grown-up version of themselves. And the number one way is to look at your own family and what you learned and experienced with compassion, you towards yourself and your family, society, and then sit in that and say, okay, I'm going to choose love. And I'm going to choose equanimity because I can. And I'm going to contemplate with inner growth because I can. And I'm going to contemplate how I don't like this and I do like this and how I'm not the only human around and that my emotions are in my body and I can feel that I'm upset and I can understand why I would be upset because that's exactly the point of why you grow up. Either from that teenager because that's the time you start to choose other attachment figures or you don't. What I see around me are a bunch of adults who are their teenage versions. The ones who are trying, they're working through it. And if they really want to be their adult version, they're going to move into forgiving and nuanced. They're going to move into flexible, adaptive, coherent, energized, and stable brains. Because you know what? It feels fucking awesome to be able and consistently vibe in an enlightenment. And there is no need for a magic wand. Even in the absence of my Claire's, I would still be here. Obviously, I'd have less experiences with my Oversoul pieces, but the Oversoul is not why I'm here. The Oversoul presented to me what I, to this day, see in the 8 billion people out there. I love working with the good therapists, and I love working with anyone who's in the Enlightenment Soul age group, because they love life and humanity, and they only lead with compassion. They have an integrated mind. They're all smart human beings, and they don't shame, blame, fault, revenge, or do any of that with humanity, society, structure. They're not in some conspiracy theory that I need to listen to. They're not in a low energy. It's not about them being energy vampires. No, it's they're boring. They're also a low energy, which is boring and lifeless, and we, we will have to recalibrate. Because we can't maintain our cheery disposition since it triggers the fuck out of all of the unresolved trauma that they consistently want to throw at others. Whoever it is they've chosen is their enemy. Whoever is their villain, there you go. So long story short, enlightenment is a very beautiful place to be, especially when you are tapped into the infinite higher human consciousness potential experience. And no, there's no actual like, oh, let me feel sorry for you. No, I'm, I'm going to be compassionate in a rational way I'm not going to feel sorry for anyone. Oh, and by the way, I'm not going to use the name of God or Jesus or any type of belief system in order to keep myself into a space of, I'm anointed, I have special powers. No, no, none of us have special powers. None of us have special powers. The ones who move into their Enlightenment soul, age group chose love consciously. They used their free will. They sucked it up. They got grown up and they said, you know, that really hurt the fuck out of my heart, but I ain't going to become some person who's going to be mean to someone just because my heart was broken. The heartbreak excuse is something that people have used and keep using. And, and on that note, I'll, I want to read a, a quote because this one might give things a perspective. This is Ron Siegel. At some level, we are all brokenhearted. At some level, we've all got disappointments, we've all got pain, and we all have difficulties in our lives. It's really by opening to that experience that we connect to ourselves, that we can connect to one another. When you look at the story that people share with themselves, it is one that involves hero and a villain. If you move into true self-empowerment, then you move into self-compassion and compassion for the external. There is no villain and there is no hero. When you deal with any of your oversoul relationships, in flames soulmates all of it you will always lead with compassion authenticity transparency when we meet the opposite manipulation gaslighting lying cheating people who become uh, ghosting they avoid you they or people who become the opposite Whenever that implicit memory is coming up from that brainstem, and what we have is a person who has a brain that goes, alert, 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 so from a closed fist, it's a C, and that person is not mature in their ability to be an integrated mind, so they don't develop more of the relationship with their right brain hemisphere, so they haven't worked on their corpus callosum connecti- connectivity, they haven't worked on their temperament and, 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 and handling their temperature. So they haven't worked on becoming more mindful. So allowing themselves to recognize their own others and self. Say, wait, I'm with people. Let me socially engage. I'm safe. So they haven't put into practice mindset either where they're up. Oh, wait, this is my nervous system. That's their nervous system. This is myself. This is their self. Okay, creating a space is easy. Easy peasy for those who choose to not say, oh, I've been heartbroken, let me use my little hero-villain narrative, okay, so that's the adaptive child, when a person chooses to stop being harsh, unforgiving, and basically uh, in a space of making up some excuse, in their own head first, because that's where it starts, oh, if you've learned to manage your emotions, it means you're not going to be reactive. If you haven't learned that, there's step one. And there's no shame in in having reactiveness because this is what implicit memory is. And it means you haven't worked through it yet. Everyone can have it. So when people then use the, oh, I've been heartbroken. I'm not going to ever trust anyone again. I mean, meeting adults that say this, I seriously need to turn away because I'm like, uh, I'm not going to bother telling you you're a teenager because apparently all adults are this. All the adults who grow up without growing up in their again, integrated mind, are this. So they don't learn to be flexible, adaptive, coherent, or energized. They learn to keep on being rigid and then move through their chaos. The chaos is really their charge states or their unresolved trauma, safety behaviors. I have compassion all over the place. However, it is very clear to the enlightenment soul, age person, that the conscious choice is I'm going to stay in my adaptive child self. I'm going to use my emotions in this way and I'm going to use my words and I'm going to then not take ownership of it meaning I'm not going to have a heart-to-heart conversation about what just happened. No, no, I'm going to shy away and I'm going to keep on moving along my life. 99%, if not 100% of people that I've met uh, don't know how to actually talk about their own vulnerability with a sense of ease. I'm still learning how to bring a sense of ease to our conversations when it comes to vulnerability because I get all fired up because I'm surrounded by a bunch of two- and five-year-olds when it comes to all of my experiences. I have yet to meet a person who can speak about their vulnerability very openly, very easily. That's because I have yet to meet an individual in my day-to-day life that has an officially integrated mind. And I get it. It's a work in progress. Yes. (laughs) You, You don't even know I'm like... Okay. Hmm. Let me think. It wasn't that hard for, for me, but I I don't have a background that involves, you know, a lot of physical danger and I don't have a background that involves a lot of torture and I don't have, but you know what? I I don't actually agree with these statements because what I've met is that the people I know, they don't seem to have had except for some. And you know, the ones who did have a fucking horrible background, what I see is their effort. And when I see that. And then I see the excuses of people who don't have a fucking background that basically would say, you know what, with that background, I think you're pretty justified to feel unsafe in your environment, which is why when somebody from a background like that comes to me and and, and basically states, how can you be compassionate? And they say it in a way of presenting why. And, and you can tell that their body is, is is speaking loudly to me, their experience of what it means to be an in an unsafe physical environment, and yet that, that same person and those individuals respect, show me decency, show me care, and I'm talking about emotional and mental and all of it, as a mystic, okay, as a person who talks gibberish. Okay, so when I see a human being who has an actual background that leads me to know you have every right to be triggered by my presence, me, the human being, but you're showing me authenticity, You're showing me vulnerability. You're showing me the awareness of when you're about to get rude with me, if you will, because you're aware of your own self. This is not hard to do. This is a conscious human being who will choose. I want to be a member of my society in a grown-up way, which means in a way that brings me to be able and have dialogue. Is a very straightforward equation. Oh, by the way, your amygdala needs to be interested in that. Which means you have enough awareness of I want to have valuable and growing relationships. Your life. And so when it comes to people, the twin flame, it's become a saga. I already knew why. Because it all involves individuals who will either go to people like Terry Real and Diane Heller and all the other great attachment research people who are helping people to become grown-ups. They can have their little managing relationships. Or they can go to the ones who give them the scientific equation or basically the little boxes. So they are all in the relationship soul age group or the societal ones, great and dandy. And that is very useful because they're going to move into, with those one-on-one relationships, because they need that to feel important in life, they're going to have their functional adult together, Mm, that's their limit, together, and then for their group, we belong to this group, I'm this group, I'm only in the holistic group, and all of the way we say life should be is how you're going to have to be it. And I'm serious when I say this. So I see all these little groups. They, they they look like children to me. And I'm like, okay, thank goodness they're all with their leaders. Because we are looking, let me see where their leaders are at. Hmm. Is there a way that we can get them on the same page? We're we not going to deal with the little people. Because the groups are following the leader who looks like the way that they want to look like. And again, they, they all need each other. So it's a very limited engagement, what I'm trying to say. So we're not looking to engage with short-sighted, limited consciousness. They're not going to bring about change. They're just busy gossiping, competing with each other, 3D, 4D, all that talk. Now, let me take 10 steps back and say we need all sides of a story, by the way. What I did realize is that, uh, yeah, we are all different soul age groups. There's reasons, but you do get to consciously choose. You get to consciously choose if you're gonna keep moving into the ladder of your enlightenment soul age group. Not everybody moves into it. I have like a, about ten people I know. Mm, they're gonna to get to choose this 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 uh, season if they want to move into enlightenment or stay in the relationship or societal and the four D land, by the way. And uh, I'll 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 see. We'll see how many people move into complete enlightenment soul age group. I know that I'll, I'll be looking to keep track and share with my community. But when it comes to, again, this interaction and choosing to hide one's own emotions and to excuse oneself with heartbreak, um, the people who actually would have valid, valid reason for it are the people have, who have shown me that they, they choose not to. And the reason they're upset at people like me, if you will, is because we speak compassion they're disgusted with the people who are using excuses and manipulating emotionally people through words, through a lot of things. So they they have, my lovely divine masculine friend comes to my mind, where I totally know why masculine and feminine complement. But you see, in order to have maturity requires masculine to become, at some point, completely self-compassionate which means to be able to be yourself, which means to take ownership of the shit that has taken place and of the crap that you have done. And I I don't like competition here, but masculines and immature feminines have shame cycles. So they will have regrets because they will not have chosen love. Again and again and again they will have chosen not by consciously choosing their human suffering, as my lovely divine masculine friend points out, I cannot understand human suffering. No, I do not. I know a restorative embodied life experience, but I can tell you (laughs) that it's not because I don't know of betrayal. No, no, I know of a lot of things that no person except for my love, love, loved ones might know. And even then, I don't really like sharing stories because I didn't choose what I chose based on my experiences. No, actually, my experiences, if anything, they gave me the opportunity again and again and again as I met what human suffering brings people and gives people the excuse to do. Manipulate, gaslight, ghost. Let me see. Uh, Use your emotions against you. Use the very things that they pick up on against you. Basically manipulate the essence that you are, that you share with them against you. Oh, I just need my attachment style friend. That's one of the examples. Now, see, here's where I know people who are not in the enlightenment soul age group. They judge my friend. Don't judge my friend. My friend's a lovely person, but they have suffering. They have an ambivalent attachment. When they used specific tidbits against me, I knew what they were doing because they told me about their mechanism. The reality is an enlightenment soul age group person, you can't hurt our heart. It's not meant to be yours it's a muscle like we don't even know how to explain it i was a teenager like my heart i can feel this emotion but it has nothing to do with my heart it's physical uh let me think oh yeah it has everything to do with what you just did to me oh but wait you didn't do anything i'm the one who's feeling it let me reword myself and say oh wait i'm the one who's experiencing the emotion i can tend to it yay <clears throat> lo and behold, I was a teenager. And I was like, oh, I can choose love. How wonderful is this? I love it. And I began choosing it. And when I actually had thought that there was going to be support on that emotional and mental level, oh, yeah, that, that one is unforgettable because what I got to be reminded of is the very same thing that I got to be taught as a teenager. No one's going to have your back Unless their ego is interested in having your back, which means that your actual mind, and that means your thoughts and emotions, you the differentiated you, you the personality of you, you the person, means that another human being should have your best interest at heart. But in order for another human being to have your best interest at heart when it comes to anything mental or emotional or thought, means they need to be empowered. Means they have to be a secure person. Means they have to know their own worth. Means they have to be completely in a state of compassion with themselves, and which means you're not a threat. Which means their ego doesn't need to do social engagement because their ego is great and dandy with the imperfections and flaws they have. Which means that they can say, hey, you know what I think today? I think this is a buttload of crap. Which is where my lovely divine masculine friend comes into the mix. And I love that I have one person in my life that I know can be authentic to me in ways that no one has ever. And I just love that relationship. And I love that we come at opposing things because I actually love the exchanges between masculine and feminine energetic imprint. It's amazing because there's a complete different way that you come across anything intellectually. So that's stimulating to the brain of enlightenment. So age you person and to the heart. What is not stimulating is when we are meeting What is a version of people that we love and all the people that I love, I love them all to the death of me. But as I was saying, when you're met with a, ah, let me think, I'm going to make up an excuse of how I'm going to do this in this very instance. And my excuse is going to be whatever narrative I choose to tell myself, which is a bullshit narrative, like, oh, I don't believe in love. Oh, I believe people are evil. Oh, I believe life shit. Oh, I believe this. And it's not even that. It's literally like with my attachment style friend, not even recognizing because see the moment they're actually taking action with their reactivity in their suffering, people don't know that they're in biological rudeness which is why I was a teenager without any of this information and I learned how to be compassionate. Moving into adulthood, the same thing kept going. So with my friend and anybody else who actually did do spite and revenge and vindictive and manipulation, gaslighting, ghosting, you name it, all these aspects... They all have a variety of reasons for why those adoptive children felt the need to do what they did. And of course, I play a role. I'm Maria. I'm a person who's interacting with people. We're not going to be exempt from the fact that we're participating. No, no, we, we take ownership. You know, the ownership of a person who's in an Enlightenment Soul Age group, though, is not going to be some lame excuse of, oh, let me make up shit and treat you like shit. No, we're going to tell you how we feel. We're going to tell you how we think. We're going to stand our ground. And we're not going to lie. Oh, and we're not going to play nice either because that's what it means to be grown up. It means I can tell you how I feel because I'm not afraid of feelings. Oh, excuse me. That's only if you're a secure attachment, functional adult, restorative embodied self, integrated mind. Let me spell that one out. And in fact, 4D people are not here. That's why they talk about energy vampires. That's why they still talk about spells that they can do or not do. And that's why the whole 4D community is still thinking about this entire twin flame thing as a saga, even though they are enlightening. So they're moving into, oh, personal development. So now the excuse is the masculine doesn't want to do personal development. And here's where, yeah, no, that excuse, again, uh, two people, more people, whatever people, they have a brain, they can use it. If they don't want to, it's okay. It means that they want to get a good somatic sensory motor therapist or good relationship coach, someone who can help them to manage themselves and their partner and that is great and dandy. For the Enlightenment Soul Age Group, it's a lame excuse. We don't actually um, use mediators in our relationships because we like the ones who know how to get vulnerable. It's, you know, fun to be able to have passionate conversations, like with my divine masculine friend. When we get into it, and we're exchanging completely different sources because we have different ways of looking into same topics because we have what attracts us. Based on our energetic imprint. Based on how we're growing and expanding. So what's really beautiful is this. When you're in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, is a person who can acknowledge, you know what, I was heartbroken. I have this trauma. I have this stuff. I have, I have stuff that goes on in my life. And my brain stem, it gets reactive. I get pissy. I'm so sorry. You know, like that. We like that. And, and so I have yet to meet complete confidence of that, like consistently. because most people they just create some excuse about why (laughs) their energy is like that and it's not that my voice excuse me it's not that they couldn't actually work their their way into more it's only if a person begins to be intrigued with the new somatic sensory motor and trauma information and so on that note let's close up when you are The 5DC in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group. Our relationships, all walks of life, all states of consciousness, twin flames, soulmates, you name it, attachment. We don't don't put anyone to the side. Our love is a constant growth because love is not about what you do or don't do. Love is a safe space. Our body and heart, the Enlightenment Soul Age Group, and mind is safe. So we have a secure attachment. We have a restorative embodied self. And we move our way to inner growth and to um, integrated mind. That means we recognize when we're rigid and we move to flexibility because we want to grow up and we're okay with uh, everything that takes place because the past will never be changed. Whatever is done is done. Emotions and thoughts are there. So heartbreak, this is a bullshit, again, excuse. Um, And when people do try to manipulate, we don't actually uh, think of it as evil because it's not evil. Evil, if it ever had existed, which it doesn't, would be unseen by any one of you. This is why. But the reality is, again, as a 5D mystic and beyond the 5D, this field of consciousness, which is an energetic field and it's an intelligence, which we are part of, there is an exchange. The charge states are important to note. And in this case, I'm talking about higher and lower toroidal fields. And I am a person who has access to both ends of those spectrums although I come at my enlightenment from the ability to consistently be in a state of compassion and love and I don't know the shame cycle I know a love cycle which is where for all of my lovely twin flame experiences they're all amazing and they all had and still to this day because they're all still living from my knowledge They have consistent day-to-day choices if they want to expand who they are or not. This is where their life, not my life. So the love is always the same. The bonds are always the same. These things don't change in time. The reason 4D needs soul contracts to begin and end or 3D or any person who is in another soul age group needs to talk about life as it ending or beginning is because they actually have not completely accepted the fact that nothingness, which equals oneness consciousness, which equals when the last star goes out, poof, we're, we're, you know, we might have another big bang. We don't know this, but we know that in this moment in time, dark matter and dark energy, dark energy, I believe, is the one that's distancing all the galaxies one from the other. So there's not going to be able to be any more exchanges of gases and all the thing that create life. Oh, by the way, side note, fun fact. I was watching Sabine, uh, one of her latest videos, where they're looking uh, again at the creation of life on Earth. And they were looking at it because at first they thought it was a lightning bolt, but they that created a type of electricity that then created other gases or something like that. You can go look it up. She posted it like two days ago. But the lightning bolt isn't enough to create this type of energetic exchange that would then create life. So what they have been studying, and I think it's in China, but I'm not sure, they were looking at the sun, and they said early sun and early earth, so sun had a lot more of those solar flares that could reach the earth. So they're thinking that there was a solar flare that hit earth, and the stuff from the sun is what created then, began to create matter and life that began to you know come into beingness. Now, if we all remember basic high school, biology, there's that one cell organism that's split into two and blah, blah, blah. So there is a way science shares with us how life began. That 3D, 4D wants to go into storyland. Hey, that's great and dandy, but I like to start with science and then say story just adds a contour to it. Science is telling us how life began. It's a cellular pl- process. It's an energetic process. Oh, by the way, as somebody who's connected to energy, I can tell you the lovely over man never gets old. So no, you don't actually break soul contracts or all of that stuff. When it comes to karmics, (laughs) you will notice who those individuals would be because there's a very specific way that those relationships go. And it isn't because they're not a part of your life anymore. Mm, The same thing goes again with other souls and the whole twin flames and soulmates. That's for the Enlightenment Soul group. We don't need our relationships to end because we don't love from separation consciousness. We're not loving with our eyes, the Rumi we quote. We love with our heart and soul, and really what it is is love is our ventral vagus nerve, and we're socially engaging with people. We choose our relationships based on our actual interest. Our amygdala loves to be interested in people. So we add to our oversoul. We don't remove. The people who need to remove, they haven't become their whole oversoul yet. Uh, the ones of us who do, it's called your name and then your relationships. And when it comes to, again, whatever the twin flame people want to do, we are not here to say, oh, let me tell you what life you need to live. No, no, you get to live the life you want to choose to live. That's, That's what free will is called. So however you want to justify your behavior is going to be yours to tend to. And that's about it. When you look at The fact that most people don't know about their charge states, and so they don't tend to their areas of vulnerability, like grown-ups, what are you going to do? I have met more adults that are still teenagers than I can count in the last couple years. And I've met a bunch of people who, to this day, are not vulnerable. In fact, not even a little bit. I mean, yeah, they share stories, but what I'm saying is they don't have a relationship with their emotions because they're not soft and full of life and compassionate and playful and and you know they they don't believe that they can be themselves with each other and on a consistent note by the way so to close out a true spicer of life is not a person who's in and out and who doesn't know how to keep it together which is why I totally disagree with that attachment lady calling disorganized attachment people spicers of life. Because the minute that you're in and out, on and off, you're not a spice. You are basically um, a fire that doesn't know how to maintain. And actually, here's the thing, I wouldn't give it a name to make a person feel good about particularly an attachment category because it's something that's static. It means you don't want to identify with it. It means you want to move out of it. And it's kind of like, it reminds me, one of my favorite TV shows was Criminal Minds. I haven't watched it in a while. But one of my favorite parts of the, that show was when they explain, you know, you really shouldn't give a name to the, the person because that's going to feed that ego. And an ego, we all have one. But in this case, what I'm thinking is giving people a nickname. And I understand that they're trying to allow a person to move into seeing their attachment category with compassion. Yes, let's not give it a star. Let's not give it a nickname, especially one that says a life spicer, a spicer of life when they're not. Because you're not. You're actually a person who's going to do something very specific. And that's actually pretty much like the please appeasers. So you're going to slap me one way, then you're going to slap me another way. And the other way is going to be where, uh, you know, from hot to cold, that is a very, very, very extreme situation for another human being to experience. So I would say, again, don't be giving them cute little nicknames like that, because in this case, disorganized attachment ain't cute. It's confusing, and it's confusing to all parties involved, and it's very, very sad. And the people who do have that should actually aim to move in a organized attachment so that they can be a constant for themselves because they want to move out of their defense mechanism and their attachment being intertwined. They want to stop feeling like they're you know the brainstem is always on as well as the attachment. So it's confusing. The fragmented self needs to have organization and become a self That at least if they can move into organized, then they can start to move into truly creating relationships. Long story short, Enlightenment Soul Age Group people are actual spices of life because we don't go hot and cold. We're always hot. We're always on. And in fact, this is where what I can say to you is if you do move into your Enlightenment Soul Age Group from a 5DC mystics perspective, this life, yeah, it just... It's amazing. It's amazing to feel the essence of life, which is an energy around us. What brings us down are the people. And it's not about the people. It's that people continue to justify human suffering and they continue using words, even educators, of it having to be a part of the human process. It does not. I'm here to voice it not from spirituality and not from spiritual. I'm here to voice it from a human perspective. I, Maria, the person here who has studied and will continue to study, I'm going to tell you it's not hard for me to be excited when I wake up and to be in love with life. It's uh, not hard for me to be able and look at something that is heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, and a lot of other things at people who manipulate, who are people who do things that are very unkind, who don't take ownership of it, who not once... I mean, believe me when I tell you theres there's people that... I can only keep Bezel van der Kolk and all these other lovely human beings in my brain because I've always known from my body that evil doesn't exist. Go figure. Something that I can prove even without Jesus, lovely Jesus. <laughs> but uh, the point is when we're around each other, The reason that I can't maintain my fucking excitement for life is because of all the people who want to justify their sorry-ass heartbreak story. And again, I have compassion for the ones who come out of places. And you know what I know? The ones who come out of it, they're the ones who are inspirational and motivational. You better bet they're not whining about something. And they're not manipulating people. And they're trying to create a voice for why people shouldn't do it. So what I know is that the ones who grow up, they're not treating people like shit. They're not creating little saga stories. They're actually saying you can be vulnerable if you choose to be. So here, let me tell you how to get there. And they're going to be soft and cozy and comfortable and like a little teddy bear, not rigid and unapproachable. And like this little, I don't even know, you know, some of these men and women, I'm like, dude, get away from me. Like you, you like a rock. I don't want to hug a rock. I don't even want to hug a tree, but I'll hug the tree compared to rock. At least I know there's some life to it. The rock just makes me know that you're bullshitting yourself by saying, I'm here and strong. Yeah, no, I'm sure that there's a lot of areas you have yet to explore, which is why you needed the rock and you need to be this rock. And you'd think that it would be very common sense to person to see this facade that they've created for themselves. Apparently not. So the people that love life, we love life for real. And when people are in suffering, though, we're like, ah, oh, shoot, okay, I need to, you know... Bring it down a notch or two. And so we just learn how to bring it down a notch or two and a notch or two because then it's not energy vampires. It's called people justifying human suffering. And thank goodness for technology. Thank goodness. Because if there's one thing that's going to get people to become their infinite higher human potential is by becoming the human superhuman you can be. Whenever I see how they are actually uh, using, obviously, marketing your superhuman powers. Yeah, it's not uh, super. It's just you choosing how to be loving and compassionate inside. And that's all. That's all, folks. So for today, I hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful day.